today, today we are going to be looking at living a surrendered life. Living a surrendered life. And, and what it all means and the Lordship of Jesus and that in our life, what it all means and how to live out this life. Living a surrendered life. Amen. Yeah, so, um, you know, we know the Bible consists of the Old and the New Testaments. And when we look at the New Testament, its foundation, its foundation is based on the Lordship of Jesus and our submission or our surrendering to Him. You know, that is all the New Testament is based. You know, both talk about God, but the New Testament brings Jesus in, His Lordship. And how we surrender to him. You know, so if, if we don't get that part of it, then we just miss everything. We miss the whole mark. We miss the whole mark. And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, the lordship of Jesus and our submission to him. And how we can live that surrendered life in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. So Jesus, as we know, is Lord of all. Um, not because we made him Lord, but because he is God. Because he, he, he died and rose again and he has been glorified and he's sitting on the right hand of his father, you know, so he is Lord, you know, so whether we allow him to be Lord in our lives or we don't, he is Lord, you know, our acceptance and, you know, of him does not make him Lord, he's already Lord, you know, so it's up to us to just submit and come under his authority if we, if we want to really see him at work in our lives. Um, without Jesus, you know, as I was preparing, I was just thinking about, you know, a few things about the Lordship of Jesus. And, you know, I was just thinking about life in general. And when you think about it, without without Jesus being Lord in our lives, life life is just meaningless. You know, just think of it. Okay, you, you are born, then you grow up, you go to school, you get married, maybe have kids, maybe buy houses, cars, then you die. I mean, if, if that's what life is about, then I don't think it's worth living for me. You know, then, I mean, why come to earth in the first place and come and hustle like every other person, you know, just to make a living and, and have children and maybe make a name for myself. But life is more than that. Life is more than that. And, and w- when we come under the lordship of Jesus Christ, it can make something beautiful out of life and add meaning add meaning to our lives. And that, that, is what, that is what we want. And these days we hear of suicide rates going high. And why is it so? Just because people have not come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Some are Christians, but they've not submitted every area of their life to Jesus. You know, they've not submitted every area of their life. So when issues come, it's like they just give up and think, oh, after all, you know, I'm better off dying. And, and you know, whatever issue is just, too much for me to handle. But when we bring it under the lordship of Jesus Christ, you know, things are going to be under control and under his lordship. And and just an observation now as well, you know, now, not even now, it started a while back, but the, the world has moved towards a self-centered, self-satisfaction life. And, and by that, I mean, you know, what it will say is that, okay, you just do, you know, whatever you, you feel will make you happy. You know, so even kids are born and their parents are just saying, okay, well, whatever you feel makes you happy, just go ahead and do it. 
And that's how people are living their lives, especially in this part of the world. You know, just do what will make you happy. You know, and, and thinking about it is, well, if, if we say, okay, based on man's wisdom, we should do that, then why are we against ISIS and all those people? Because what they are doing makes them happy. You know, mm. they are bombing people and it makes them happy. So, well, if, if, if we should do what makes us happy, then, I mean, there should be no law, actually. We should, everyone should just do what makes you happy and, and we just live our lives. But that is man's wisdom. And we see that man's wisdom has failed. You know, it has failed over and over and over again. You know, so this, this just, you know, brings a thought to my mind that, you know, we have to rely on God's wisdom. And what is God's wisdom here that I'm talking about? Submission to the authority and to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So, so now, what does it mean to surrender to the lordship of Jesus? What does it mean? I was talking a lot about it. Um, so I was looking at the word Lord, the Lord in the Bible, and it comes from the Greek word kurios. Kurios, which means supremacy or supreme in authority or a controller or a master or a sir. So it's like the head, someone who controls stuff, someone who controls stuff, someone who is supreme. And, and that, that is what the Lord means. So if we say, Okay, Jesus is my Lord. That means he controls every area of my life. You know, and for those who have not yet accepted Jesus, obviously the devil is the one controlling every area of their life because there is, there is no middle ground. They are either for God or for the devil. There's no middle. And if there is any area in our lives that we've not submitted to, to God, then we should know who is, who is in control in that area. We should know who is in control in that area. And the, the Lord we serve, hallelujah, the, the Lord we serve is, is not, he did not come about by, like the way the world of, the Lord of this world comes about. And, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, in the States, for instance, we had um, Obama as president. He came, he sought his interests, you know, what he thought was best for the nation. Well, some people were happy, some were not. You know, he, he did what he, he, he thought was best. Donald Trump is in. He's going to do the same thing. What he thinks is best. Some will be happy. Some will not be happy. But this Lord that we have, Jesus, he, he doesn't only speak what he wants to do, but whatever he's telling us to do is in our own interest. It's in our own interest. That's what is going to make us better. And, and, and this distinguishes him from every other Lord we can even think of. You know, every other Lord is just thinking about what they can gain you know, I'm talking about the U.S. because I don't even want to talk about the African countries. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about them, you know, because yes, it's really intense. I'm just talking about this part of the world. You know, that men, men have elected and yet they are just lording over the people, seeking their own interests. It's just like in the Bible, when the Israelites cried out for a king, you know, and the, and the Lord told Samuel, well, you know, these people are crying out, so just, and they found Saul and they anointed him king. It's because the people wanted him. And even God told Samuel to tell them that this king that you say you want is going to lord over you and all that. Yes, they said, okay, we still want the king. And, well, God gave it to them and we, we saw what happened. We saw what happened. And, and that's how, you know, the kings of this world lord over people. But our savior, Jesus, is not like that. He takes our interest. He wants to live throughout. 
so that we give glory to his name and our lives will also be beautiful. So now, if there is any area in our life that we don't submit or we don't bring under his lordship, then we should know that the devil is in control and he's going to destroy and make, things, make a mess out of things. Make a mess out of things. The Lord we have was sent from God, the Father, and he has already paid a price. He has already paid a price and delivered us from the power of darkness and he has translated us to his kingdom. You know, the lords of this world it's like they come and we, they still use taxpayers' money to pay them. You know, they still require of us to do certain things, to appreciate them and, and all those things. But Jesus has already paid a price. You know, he has already paid a price for us. You know, so he being Lord over us, it's not like he's, he's you know, like the, the, the kings and the lords of this world who, who wants us for their own benefits and all that. No, he wants to live, he wants to live through us. He wants to make our life beautiful. That's why we we need to submit every area of our lives to Him. And I was thinking about even when we give our lives to Christ. You know, in, in Romans ten, verse nine to ten, it says, "If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you profess." your faith and are saved. See, so this is what we, we signed up for when we give our lives to Christ. He says anyone who declares with his mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe with his heart, you know, shall be raised, that, that God raised him from the dead will be saved. And this is what we signed up for. And and until we live we live it, we live what we proclaim that Jesus is Lord, until it becomes evident in our lives, we cannot fully walk and that's what Jesus has for us. We proclaim this here, Jesus is Lord. But the thing is, what does it mean? Is he truly Lord in your life? When you gave your life to Christ, when you compare that time to now, has, has there been any difference? If there is no difference, that means Jesus is not Lord. That means Jesus is not Lord. So the, the big question here is that when you look at maybe your own life, you know, your own life, has anything changed? When you look at your marriage, is Jesus Lord? When you look at your finances, is Jesus Lord there? You know, when you go to work, you, you look at your job, is Jesus, is Jesus Lord there? Or Jesus is just Lord on a Sunday when you go to church or when you meet the Christian brothers and sisters and, and you, you use all those spiritual dragons and all that. But the truth is, when you are home alone and nobody is watching, is Jesus Lord? You know, when you are behind your laptop alone and no one is there, what things do you watch on the laptop? Is Jesus Lord in that in that you know in that room when you are there alone? Is Jesus Lord? Is Jesus Lord? Colossians one, verse sixteen to eighteen says, and the New King James it says, "For by Him all things were created, that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible." Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. That in all things he may have the preeminence. All things means all things, you know. 
that in all things, Jesus wants to have the preeminence. The moment you put him second, that he'll just, he'll, he'll leave you. Just go ahead and do what you want to do. Jesus wants to be the first in every area. So not even your spouse will come first. Jesus wants to be first. And in, in the Amplified, I just took the Amplified for that part, and it says, he also is the head, that is the source, the, the life source and the leader of the body, the church, and he's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will occupy the first place. He will occupy the first place. He will stand supreme and preeminent in everything. In everything. Jesus was the first place. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? That's what Jesus wants. He wants that place. When you receive your paycheck, what's the first thing you do? Jesus wants that. Jesus wants that. You know, he wants that anything we put before him becomes a stumbling block. So you can be a Christian all right, but when you don't put God first in an area, it's like we are, we are, we are on our own in that area. And we wonder why, oh, Jesus, I love you and all that. Why is all this thing happening? But the truth is, did you put Jesus first or have you put him first in that area? Have you put him first in that area? And, and these days, you know, so people make so many excuses. And, you know, sometimes even those with, with family. So, you know, because of the children, we can't make it to church. Like seven days a week, you can't make it to church because of the children, because of my spouse, all that. Okay, well, just focus on the family. When, when the issues start coming and they start complaining, I'm like, you know, you put your family first. So go to your family to save you. Jesus wants the first place. I'm not saying that all these things are not good. It's good to go to work and make the money because Jesus wants you to also give that money to the church so that they can use, you know, for things that have to do with the kingdom. I mean, he wants us to make time for our spouses and our, our, our children and all that, but he wants the first place. Yeah. He doesn't want the second seat. He wants the driver's seat. We saw the meaning of lordship. It means the master. He's the driver of, of, of everything. It's like you, you've given him the steering wheel. Lord, drive my life the way you will. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not about me. It's about you. And, and this message is not for unbelievers. I'm, I'm preaching it to us knowing that, I mean, almost all of us or all of us are believers. But sometimes in certain areas of our lives, we just hold on to it. Sometimes it can be in our, our career. And it, maybe because we've gone to school, maybe 10 years, 15 years, it's like uh, you, you, you value it so much that it comes before God. You know, that it, it, it comes before God and God has no one that. Else you just leave you on your own. And when the issues come, that's when you run back. And sometimes it can be too late. It can be too late. And a, a self-centered Christian is never happy. And a self-centered Christian, I mean someone who, who is not under the lordship of Jesus, who maybe certain areas of his or her life is not under the lordship of Jesus. That person is not happy because, you know, once you make another thing first, that is the source of your happiness. You know, so, so one, one test here, how to know if Jesus is the lordship in a certain area of your life. Just ask yourself, if that thing is not there, Will you still be happy in this life? If that thing is not there, will you still be happy in this life? Or, or would, would, you, would you feel that you failed in life if that thing is not there? 
if, if that, that degree, that degree that you struggled for, if one day the university just takes their thing back, would you feel that you are a failure in this life? If you will, then check, check that thing. But Jesus is who makes you who you are. He's the one who makes you who you are. He's the one who gives you value in this life. So the moment something takes that, that place of Jesus in any area of life, then it, it, it has become a lord to you. It has become an idol to you, actually. You know, if, if you lose all the money in your bank account, will, will suicidal thoughts come to your mind? You know, God forbid, but even if, God forbid, but if, let's say, your spouse passes away, God calls him or her home, would you, would you think of taking away your life? If you will, then Jesus is not Lord <clears throat> in that area of your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. It looks like some people are not happy with my preaching. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes, so like I was saying, a self-centered Christian, someone who has not submitted to the lordship of Jesus in certain areas of their life, they seek happiness from the things that, that they have made first. Hmm. And that means Jesus does not have full control and the enemy comes in. The enemy comes in. Some people say they are Christians, but they have to drink alcohol to make them happy, maybe because they are having issues with their wife or their husband, so they have to go and drink. And that gives them satisfaction. That makes them happy. And those people, it's not like when they die, they are going to hell. They've accepted Jesus, all right, but in that area of their life, you know, they sought to to, to, to drugs or to, to alcohol or to something, something else. If you've ever had a suicidal thought about an issue in life, that means you do not submit that issue to the Lordship of Jesus. It, it could be a mistake you probably even did, but Jesus still wants, he, he's still calling you, he wants to make things right. He, he wants to make something beautiful out of the mess. You know, he, 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 he has not left you to go and handle it alone because maybe you made a mistake. No. Jesus still wants to be Lord over that situation. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When we submit our lives to Christ, it's not about us anymore. About what makes me happy. It's not about my goal. It's about God's goal. It's not about my will. It's about His will. It's not about my life. But it's about His life in me. Amen about his life in me and when we submit and surrender to, to, to his lordship his will is also perfected in us God has a will and a plan for all of us but until we walk closely with him until we surrender every area of our lives to him he's not going to force his will on you you know Obi has always been saying something that God is a gentleman and what do gentlemen do they, they don't force themselves on ladies they act politely. And I agree with her on that. God is not going to force his will on you. But until you come under his lordship in whatever area, whatever area it is. Um, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. They say, present your bodies a living sacrifice. What does that mean? That surrender your life and everything to him. 
present your life, a living sacrifice. Just like the way they, they take goats and go and sacrifice them. It says, present your life to me like that. And at that point, the, the goat is helpless. The goat cannot do anything because it has been tired. And the person carrying the goat can do anything, can kill the goat, can do anything, can do anything. That's how God wants us to present our lives to him. That God, this is my life. This is my career. This is my finances, my marriage, my every area. Lord, do as you please. And God, that's, that's all God wants from us. But the moment we hold certain areas back, once we hold certain areas back, then there's a problem. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, who is in you, whom you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, for you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So in fact, our bodies that we have here now, so perhaps we've given our lives to Jesus. It's not our body. It's not my body. It's not my body. It's not your body. It belongs to God. So we have to use it to glorify God. We have to use it to glorify God. And that's why even if we are doing anything that is destroying our body, it's it's something that God does not want. Something that God does not like. You know, it's something that, that hurts God because this is his temple. 1 Corinthians 3 the verse 16 to 17 says something similar. It says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? Which temple you are? Which temple you are? Hallelujah. If we, if we, if we don't embrace the lordship of Jesus in every area of our lives, will experience defeat and frustration in this life. Because Satan, Satan, the God of this world, is the one who is ruling. So the moment you don't submit lordship to him, then he comes. And obviously, we know what the enemy comes to do, to steal, to kill, to destroy. So we experience defeat and frustration. And we start questioning, we start questioning God. You know, we start questioning God. But it's not God's fault, it's our fault, because we didn't submit in that area. Submission to Jesus Christ brings freedom it brings victory it brings peace i don't know which of us does not want these three things we all want victory in every area of our lives we want freedom in every area of our lives we want peace in every area of our lives hallelujah now just a few things about what happens when we do not surrender to we don't surrender to the lordship of jesus in every area of our lives what happens well, someone will say, well, you said all these things. Well, so if I don't submit, what happens? That's what I want to look at. When we don't, the enemy takes over in that area. We can be Christians, yes, but the enemy takes over in that area. A, a, a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon because the Holy Spirit has already possessed you. He has possessed your spirit. But you can be tormented. You can be, you can be oppressed by a demon can be oppressed if you don't submit every area of your life to the Lordship of God. We can't be. In Ephesians 4, the verse 27, he says, do not give any place to the devil. You know, Paul was talking to the church here and was telling them about the new life in Christ. And he gave them a whole list. At some point, he even said, um, those who used to steal should no longer steal, but they should work so that they can give to others who need. And 
was telling them about all the the, the, the the new life and how they should live their lives. And he says, do not give any place to the devil. Do not give any place to the devil. So here, whose responsibility is it? Our responsibility. And it's not like, you know, we have to go and do anything strange. What it means is that submit to the lordship of Jesus in every area. And the enemy cannot take, you know, that area or any area in your life once we submit. does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. So once the enemy takes hold of that area, he wants to destroy, he wants to steal, he wants to kill. So let's say, for instance, our finances. Once, if you don't put God first in that area, the enemy will come and take a hold of it. Then someone will say, oh, you know, you, you, earn, you earn so much money or you, you have a very noble like, job and very lucrative and you make so much money. By the end of the day, you have nothing to show for it. Where does all the money go? Where does all the money go? You did not submit it to the lordship of Jesus. So the enemy has come. He's stealing. He's killing. He's destroying. So say, oh, you are, you are a good Christian and you go to church and you preach and all that. But your marriage, your marriage is, is suffering. It looks like you and your wife always have issues. And why is this so? Because you allow the enemy to come in. Because you allow the enemy to come in. In Matthew 12, the verse 43 to 45, it says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through the dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty sweat and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter there and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. You know, so when I think of this, sometimes we Christians, you know, maybe there's an issue and we go to a church or we even pray ourselves and we bind the demons. And after doing that, we don't submit to the Lordship of Jesus. And this is what the scripture says will happen. That demon which you start is going to get seven more, which are even stronger, and it's going to come. And it says your state will even be worse off. So the thing is, if, if you're not ready to submit, don't even bind the demon in the first place. Don't even bind the demon in the first place. Just, okay, just be content. <laughs> content with, with that distraction that is going on. Be content. You know, all I'm talking about is submission. Every area of our life. I know it, it, sometimes we say, it, like, oh, Jesus is Lord, and we sing it, and I surrender, or we, we, we sing all the songs and all that, but is it evident in every area of our life? Is it evident? Is it evident? Now, how, how do we submit, or how do we surrender our life to Him? What does it mean to do that? And surrender means to yield to the will or control of somebody. If, if I tell my wife, Obi, now that, you know, I'm submitting to your lordship, that means, okay, I'm just sitting down. Whatever she tells me to do, I'll do it. You know, whatever she, if she says don't do this, I'll not do it. If she says do this, I'll do it. That, that is what it means. That is what it means. And, and that's, the, that's the same thing it means with God. You know, that's the same thing it means with God. 
And that is what Jesus meant in Luke 10, the verse 27, when he said, Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your body, and with all your mind. If you love the Lord in all these areas, you will not struggle. If you love the Lord with your spirit, with your soul, with your body, and with your mind, your thoughts, and everything is about the love of God, you will not withhold anything. You will surrender every area of your life. And Proverbs Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own wisdom. All that means is total submission to God. Even what I'm not, you see, sometimes when we hear messages like this, like, okay, it's not my will, so God's will, so I'll not even plan. And when the year starts, I'll not, I'll not have a plan. That's not what I mean. I mean, yes, we can have our plans and all that, but submit it to God. If God says, change it, change it. It's not about you, it's about Him. Amen. You know, I know some of our parents and even some of us, we have kids and we say, oh, I want my kid to be this in life, maybe a pilot or a medical doctor, a lawyer and all that. But if at some point God says that kid should be an evangelist, are you willing to allow that kid maybe to be a missionary and go to Afghanistan somewhere to preach? Are you willing to do that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So, one of the ways, read your Bible and obey. Mm. That, 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 that's one of the simplest way. You know, sometimes when you say, okay, you know, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it's like, people are saying in their hearts, okay, how do I even hear him? And it comes with all sorts of things. But, you know, this is, I believe, the simplest way. Read your Bible and obey what you say you should do. Obedience to the Word. In every area of your life. You know, if we want in in every issue in this life, there are scriptures that tell us what to do about them. Marriage, finances, um, whatever it is, whatever it is, there are scriptures that talk about them. You know, so when we study the word, we know what the Bible says about our marriage, our finances, our academics, about life in general. And once we apply this in our lives, we are under the lordship of Jesus. We are not under our own lordship or the lordship of anybody, but under the lordship of Jesus because we are doing what he says we should do. So he becomes number one. He becomes number one in that area. And the second one I put here is yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You know, the, 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 the Malams and, you know, those fetish priests and all that, they know that Jesus is Lord. They know that he's powerful than them. But they've not submitted to him. That's why they are in the state which they are. And they are doing whatever they are doing. They know that there is a greater power. That's why they can attack some people and they cannot attack others. Because for some of us, when they come close to us, they'll, they'll be bent by the fire of the Holy Ghost around us. Amen. You know, so, so they know who to, so they know there's a greater power. They know that Jesus is, is the Lord of Lords. They know, but it's not submitted to Him. So it, 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 it's not just about knowing it, but it's about through the Holy Spirit coming under His submission. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, Jesus. Jesus is the perfect example. You know, Jesus came and he surrendered his happiness for our happiness. 
his will was his father's will. He did not come to see his own interest. You know, Jesus was 100% God when he came. He could have built a mansion and, and do whatever he wanted to do. But no, he sought his father's will. He submitted himself. He submitted his comfort for our comfort. His body was broken for us. So that now we, we can, when someone is sick, we can declare that by his stripes you are healed and the person will be healed. And, and sometimes we don't know that it was because one man decided not to seek his mm -hmm. own interest. And his father's interest. That's why we, we, we can now pray these things and we see them happen. You know, so if he has done all this, why can't we also surrender our lives to him? And yet we enjoy these things. We, we pray and the sick are healed and we pray and God blesses us financially. We do all these things, yet we forget that he wants us to submit every area of our lives to him. And the last example here in, in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Um, this is when Peter and the rest were fishing and they caught nothing. Um, I'll just cut it short. Um, okay, from the verse 5. Luke chapter 5 from the verse 5. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night and have caught nothing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats and filled both boats so full that they began to sing. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he had all his for he, sorry, he and all his companions were astonished at the fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said, Do not be afraid. From now on you'll be fish for people. You'll fish for people. So they pulled their boat to the, sh to the shore, left everything, and followed him. You see, these people had called all night for fish, and they got none. And Jesus came, and Jesus told them, well, launch out to the deep. Do it again. And he said, well, we called all night, but we found nothing. But because you say we should do it, we'll do it. So then, you know, according to them, they, they had given up. But Jesus said, okay, try it again. And they tried it again. And they caught so much fish. Just imagine. Maybe you've been looking for that job. You've applied and applied and applied, and they always keep rejecting. And Jesus is telling you, apply again, and you apply, and you finally get a job. You can imagine, you know, and, and it's a very good paying job. And they were so excited. And in the end, he says that they left everything and followed him. So what it means is that they even left the, the job that they got, they left it and followed him. Are we willing to do that this day for Jesus, if he says we should do that? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to submit? Yes, we thought hard to get that good paying job, but are we willing to let go of that job if Jesus says we should do that? You see, some of us, even if Jesus speaks to us after he has given us the job, we'll say that it's the voice of the enemy. <laughs> so it, it, it's just like the way I, I, um, Abraham trusted God for a son, and he got Isaac. He got Isaac finally. And the Bible said that God told him to go and sacrifice Isaac. And he says, oh, the next morning he took Isaac and he sent him. He was going to sacrifice him. This was so hard to surrender to the Lord. Again, 
Some of us, if, if, if God should tell us this, maybe you trusted God for a child, two years, three years, and the child came and God tells you, you know, just go and sacrifice this child for me. You say that is the voice of the enemy. It's the voice of the enemy. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to end now, but I, I just want us to pray. I just want us to pray. And I just want us to lift up our hands wherever we are and just tell God, you know, God take full control in every area of my life. And if there is any area I have not given you full control, Lord, I'm permitting you now that I take full control. In my family, Lord, take full control. In my marriage, take full control. In my academic, take full control. In my business, take full control. In my ministry, take full control. So do I take control. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Take control in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Take control in the name of Jesus.